Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today, Dr. Michael Lake continues his series showing how to be kingdom warriors. Watchmen on the Wall is heard on almost 700 radio signals across America, as well as on OnePlace.com and as a daily podcast. Take Watchmen on the Wall with you by downloading our free mobile app. Visit your app store and type the letters SWRC in the search bar. The SWRC mobile app has hundreds of archive programs as well as the latest program available to you. The SWRC mobile app. Download it today. Our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, welcomes Dr. Michael Lake back to the program, ready to continue their look at how you and I can become a kingdom warrior. We're back with Dr. Michael Lake. We will continue our discussion, focusing on his new book, The Kingdom Warrior. Dr. Lake, thank you so much for this second interview. I always enjoy being with you on an interview, Larry. Well, you are a real inspiration. I remember we were in a conference together up in in Tom Horn country, <laughs> and uh, I got to fellowship with you, and I was very impressed. But at the end of our previous program, we ran out of time. We were speaking about generational tendencies. So maybe kind of review a little bit and let's continue on that thought. Yeah, generational tendencies. You can have familiar spirits and, and they can be very subtle, like being a, kind of like a tutor. They'll come to you and they'll create, let's say somebody wounds you, and then they'll come to you and say, let me show you how to prevent this from happening again. Or they, they teach you lies. And, you know, when the, when the Bible talks about doctrines of demons. He's not talking about the creed somebody puts on the wall. Hebraically, a doctrine is how you live. And these demons will weasel into your life and begin instructing you how to live through their paradigm. And you can pass that on to the next generation because much behavior is learned from our parents. And if this is the way that your family reacts, if your family, let's say, is is prone to anger or, or prone to prejudiced or whatever. These things our children pick up and they're taught. That's why you know, the Apostle Paul in uh, Second Corinthians, he deals with that we need to bring every thought into captivity, that yeah. we have been given power by God. And, you know, we, we talk about exousia, the, that authority. Well, that, uh, the, the, if you look in the lexicon, the number one definition of that is the power to choose. That we have been given the right by Jesus to look at our past memories and the ideas and the, and the way that we review the world and say, stop, is that right? If it's not, I'm now pulling that emotion or I'm pulling that, that thought, captivity to Christ, and I'm going to begin renewing my mind to the way that God says that I'm supposed to be because I'm supposed to have the mind of Christ. Amen. Right. And sometimes the greatest warfare that we can go through is the one internally. Because if you win that one and you clear your perimeter, it is so much easier to handle the enemy on the outside than the inside. Amen. Yeah, where it needs to be outside and not inside. Well, you ask a question, how can we turn off iniquity in a bloodline and turn on a bent toward God? Yeah. And it's, you know, that iniquity came now. Iniquity is different than sin. Iniquity, you're bent towards something, and especially if there has been, you know, Freemasonry or any mm-hmm. occultism within a family. It's like it goes straight to iniquity because you have opened the door to a demonic spirit. 
first, you know, the Nehemiah principle, Father, forgive me of my sins, the sins of my fathers. You begin putting a, an axe to the family tree, if you will. But then you've got to purposely, after repenting, and I tell people, I said, when you, when you look at Isaiah 54, the price for sin was different than the price for iniquity. He was, that his blood was shed for the forgiveness of our sins, but he was bruised for our iniquity. Because if you have something that was bent and it was straightened out, it can cause bruises. Right. And I told people, how about pleading the bruises of, of Christ over that iniquity and asking the Holy Spirit to help bend you back toward truth? And so now you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit coming in and helping you. And then it's through repetition. Every time you come to that junction, you wrestle with it and you bring it under subjection and you do what God's Word says that you do. And you're basically rewriting the programming, if you will, on your hard drive of your soul so that eventually you'll begin responding the way the Word of God wow. tells you to. Now, sometimes it's hard. You know, when you, unless they're just dealing with unforgiveness. I've had people say, you know, Mike, why is it that I've had to forgive this individual 500 times and I still get mad when you bring up his name? Well, it shows you how deep the hurt was. It shows you how deep that root was. And so each time you're pulling that root and you're pulling that root, and I tell them, I said, you keep doing that, and you keep praying for their salvation, and you keep praying for God to change their hearts until you get to the end of that root and there's no more hurt feelings. Right. And, it's, you know, a lot of the things that are worthwhile in life take, it's a four-letter word, brother, it's called work. And then if we'll do the work, God will bless it. Wow. Well, Dr. Lake, you give an example from your own life, your childhood, you say, and it's kind of personal, but it's in your book, so I'm, we're going to talk about it. But uh, you say your childhood was not a pleasant one. Your stepfather was easily frustrated and angry. Uh, you found yourself at the crosshairs of his anger many times. And then you go on and say you were saved in the midst of all of that. When you got home, you were threatened with a strap for having the audacity to get saved when your parents weren't present. It's an interesting story. How did you work through this, and how did you not end up being, what should I say, buried in anger and unforgiveness? Well, you know, for a lot of years, I was shut down. And God in His grace, emotionally, I was shut down, and God in His grace has, has been working on me. One of the things that I, I found in this is that it really more affected my... Uh, my relationship with God, that I was, you know, he can give me sermons, he can give me tasks, but I, I felt myself drawing back when it was just time to fellowship. Because with my, with my stepdad, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. I, I actually got punished for doing the right thing. Right. And I, I remember there was, there was one day I, I was sitting in my office, and the presence of God came in so real it was tangible. And I could literally feel the hands of God on my shoulders. And God said, this is it, because I, I, I still had the echoing of him telling me that you're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to do anything worthwhile. And I had all these degrees on my wall, and I was feeling stupid. You know, it, 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 it was almost like an oxymoron. Yes. And God said, God said, let me speak over you who you are. And God began as, as a father to speak the, his blessing over me and to tell me who that I was. And it began to erase the words of the past. And I, I think sometimes we need to have sometimes that supernatural visitation where God does that. Amen. At the same time, brother, the word of God is full of that. That God tells us how much he loves us, 
the de- you know, in, in, in fact, I, I think it's beyond her imagination how much that God wants to bless us and to walk with us and to be a part of our lives. And I think that's one of the reasons the enemy brought Bob Lake into my life was to shut me down to where I couldn't be as effective as I would have been early on in my ministry, because I've been preaching since I was 13. But it wasn't until my 40s that God began to really do things that I began to st- I began to stop self-sabotaging. And, you know, next thing you know, I'm writing books and I'm, I'm doing big conference and, and all this, right. all because God began to overwrite the past with his goodness, which was transformational for me. Wow. There are a lot of people who struggle with unforgiveness, even pastors. I sometimes speak in other churches, and pastors often tell me things that they don't want to share with people who know them. I've pastored for more than 50 years. It's easy, even for pastors, to allow Satan a gateway into our lives by unforgiveness. Well, that really wipes us out. I think we, we shrivel up emotionally. Our hearts are cold toward God and toward people. We should be loving people, even the ones that give us a hard time. We should be blessing them, praying for them. Talk a little bit about unforgiveness in, in the pastorate, because I know you've probably met a lot of it as well. You do a lot of conferences. So, so One of the things about... I have found out, and, and this is really pivotal for me, I can't remember if I even put it in the book or not, but there's, there's a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. Reconciliation requires the other person to come back and say, I was wrong. Please forgive me. Let's make this right. I can forgive someone, but, you know, my prayers, may the Lord bless them far from me. You know, it's like, I'm not going to, even though I forgive them, I set them free. I have no ill word toward them. I'm praying for them. I'm not going to, I don't, I'm not required of God to let them back in and, and to try to you know, gain control of whatever it was that they were doing in my life. I can keep them at arm's length in love. Right. Mm. Wow. And so, because, you know, what the enemy wants to do, because we, people haven't, haven't taught the difference between the two, I forgive them, then they come back in and wound me again. I forgive them, and they come back in and wound me again. So, you know, even Jesus had, had different circles of influence in his life. You know, there were the three, there were the 12, then there were the 120, there were the 70. And, and so there were ones in the outer circle. And so sometimes, because they won't deal with their issues, they may be relegated to the outer circle. I'll love them if they, if, you know, all of us have family members we cannot stand. We love them. And, but if they were, in a, if they were in, a, in a terrible situation, we'd be the first ones to step in and help. Mm, right. I think that's the way we need to, to be with them. But we need to make sure that we're walking clean before God and mm-hmm. to forgive, realizing that just like we are, these people have problems and the enemy has been pushing their buttons, mm. just like he used to push ours. Right, right. Well, and so I, th- I think that gives us a level of understanding. Right, that's important. We'll pause for a moment. We would love to send you a copy of The Kingdom Warrior by Michael Lake. Now, this is a fantastic book. I've said that before, but if you've heard Dr. Lake and his deep insight into spiritual warfare, into the human heart, into the brain, the mind, and how all of this comes together, you'll want your own copy of this book, The Kingdom Warrior. Our toll-free number is 1-800-652-1144. Give us a call, and we will send you your own copy of The Kingdom Warrior. Now, there's a lot of different ways we can, we can go, and this is already the second program, but, but you know, and of course you do know, there are always charlatans, and I'm thinking of the movie Elmer Gantry. It was a big hit. 
But I've often wondered why is sexual sin so prevalent in the lives of big-name ministry leaders? And, and I found the problem is not one that only men face. A lot of women, unbelievably, struggle with sexual sin and temptation. So why is this always popping up? Number one, we're human. I heard uh, one preacher one time teach that most men suffer from PMS. That's a desire for money, power, and sex, okay? And it, it, it's a work of the flesh, but you also have soul ties. That one of the things that we haven't realized, sex is a multi-dimensional reality. It's not just a physical thing. That there is a connection of becoming one flesh with someone. That it connects us to their soul. Years ago when I was discovering this and the, and the truth about soul ties, I had a uh, student of mine that was going through our, our doctorate in marriage and family counseling. He said, I- I've got a problem. I've got a deacon in our church that has been a pillar in the community, and he's struggling with suicide. And he said, I really pressed in on, on why, why suicide. And he said, well, I'm, I'm struggling almost uncontrollably with homosexual tendencies that came out of nowhere. And he said, what doesn't make sense to me is he had an affair with a woman half his age in the church. And immediately what rose up in my spirit is she was a witch sent in, she's a Wiccan, so she's bisexual. And that desire is flowing in through that soul tie to him. He repented, he broke the soul tie, and it left him immediately and never returned. Mm, wow. And so we, we have... We have believers that maybe have, were promiscuous in the, in the time before they got saved or were tempted in it later, that it, it's more than just repentance. You've got to go back and ask God to break that soul tie, that connection between your soul, because all that stuff is still connected. Yes. And I, I have found out in, in marriage counseling, you know, unfortunately in the body of Christ, we do have divorce, and I, I think we need to differentiate between, you know, before Jesus and after Jesus. But still you have the ex-wife or ex-husband lurking in the background until you break that soul tie. Right. Wow. And then they're free. Praise the Lord. Well, you, uh, and I'm kind of rushing through, there's so many questions I have, but you have a section, and I think it's, well, like every other section, very important and very well done. But uh, this one is on the necessity of vigilance. You give the lexical meaning of vigilance, quote, to watch, give strict attention to, be cautious, active, to take heed, lest through remission and indolence some destructive calamity suddenly overtake one. Close quote. So, what does that mean for us in our daily living, and how does that especially apply to pastors and teachers, even Sunday school teachers, who have the responsibility of exhortation? and teaching and sharing and applying the things of God. So talk about vigilance in that sense. Yeah, when Peter was sharing about that, I mean, it's very powerful because when you look at all the good stuff he, he puts after that about God establishing us and settling in us and all that, that is directly derived from us being sober and vigilant. And uh, I, I, can, I, can I touch on this sober for just a minute? That sober in the, in the Greek not only means to be physically drunk, but spiritually drunk. So there's what deals with the wine of Babylon. And he said, listen, the enemy is as a roaring lion. He's always seeking ways of entrance. There is no demilitarized zone on planet Earth. Right. That's why we always have to be on guard. That what you think was somebody just trying to get you in the flesh yesterday, 
was just somebody trying to get you in the flesh, but it could have been a tactic of the enemy to get you out of sync with the kingdom of God. And when you start looking, everything is spiritual warfare. How we think, how we speak, and what we do is all spiritual warfare. Yep. And when we realize that, then we become vigilant. And with that situation that's happening today or what's going on, is, is this God trying to teach me something or is the enemy trying to get an inroad? Because it's only one, there's only one or two options here. And when we properly understand that we get out of being at ease in Zion, and we tr- learn to be a true warrior in the kingdom of God so that we can stop the inroads of the enemy immediately. And I mean, this, this, this word vigilance means 24-7, 365. You don't have any off time. Yes. And brother, if we would do that with what just comes over the television, they're indoctrinating us. Yes. And if we would be vigilant about that and say, I mean, there's well, half the time I'm, I'm yelling at the TV on the news programs because I'm calling them a liar because what they're saying isn't the truth. And if, if we're that vigilant, we stop the enemy from getting an inroad, which gives a chance for the Holy Spirit to begin working in our lives to establish us in our faith to where we can mature in Christ. Amen. Amen. You mentioned inroad, and you also talk about protecting the perimeter. So tell us about a, quote, foothold and a stronghold. I think this is, is very important when we speak about spiritual warfare and other related areas such as sanctification. So 2 Corinthians 10.4 speaks about the weapons of our warfare and how they pull down strongholds. And then uh, in Ephesians 4.26 and 27, we're told to not let the sun go down on our anger, nor give topos, give place to the devil. So how does this foothold, stronghold activity of evil work in our lives, and, and how do we effectively deal with it and protect the perimeter? I think we need to understand many times the enemy comes at us with multi-steps. You know, if I was militarily going to go into a place and it was held by the enemy, before you can establish a fort, that's what a stronghold is, it's a fortified area or a base, you have to get a foothold in the area first. You have to make an inroad. There has to be an avenue that allows you to move troops in, that allows you to move influence in tacitly that the enemy is unaware of. That That's a foothold, and that that can be somebody getting you in the flesh, that can be somebody saying something that hurts you. And when we, when we realize that that is the enemy trying to get a foothold, and if we don't deal with the foothold, that, that it's like an access point. That it's like having a, a, a break in the wall. Right. That now the enemy can begin bringing in more and more influence, and he'll begin feeding that thing. I guarantee you that if somebody does something to make you mad and you don't deal with it, the enemy will ensure that 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 anger is reinforced day in and day out, and he will move on other people to either to bring it up or do something similar to it, to just reinforce that, reinforce that, reinforce that, until he can build a fortified area that makes it very hard to drive him out of. Well, I certainly would have to say that your book has many deep, deep insights that many Christians often miss. You know, I got that feeling, that power that came across to me in reading it and in studying it and preparing questions. But I must say, the interview, that has really inflamed my heart. You do a marvelous job. Wonderful, wonderful interviews. Dr. Lake, we really appreciate you. We thank you for men of your stature and of your spiritual perception. You know, I think studying the scriptures is more than exegesis of Greek and Hebrew. That's important. We want to get the real meaning of the words, but there's a lot more to it. So, dear brother, we're just about out of time. 
But Dr. Lake, thank you so much for this wonderful, these two wonderful interviews. It's really been a pleasure. God bless you uh, mightily, and uh, may your school, may your teaching ministry, conference ministry, and all that you do grow and grow and prosper in a mighty way. Thank you. The complete two-day presentation by Dr. Michael Lake is available on CD. Simply call 1-800-652-1144 and order your copy today. 1-800-652-1144. The new book by Dr. Michael Lake, The Kingdom Warrior, is today's featured resource. The Kingdom Warrior is a training manual for the remnant in the art of war from a biblical and kingdom perspective. As the stakes are raised in the final conflict, it is time for the Kingdom Warrior to understand a full-spectrum concept of spiritual warfare that is both offensive and defensive. In this book, you will discover the five aspects of grace, the binary nature of the spirit realm, an unexpected weapon of mass destruction in the arsenal of the believer, how to overcome the psychological warfare of the enemy, and how winning the war within places you on solid footing to fight the war without. Order The Kingdom Warrior and be ready for battle. Order your copy when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order at our website, swrc.com. Here's Ministry President Dr. Kenneth Hill. Hello there, this is Kenneth Hill, President of Southwest Radio Church Ministries, and I am delighted to be with you today. I'm appreciative of the opportunity that I've been given. It is always good to talk with our friends on the Watchman on the Wall broadcast, especially when I see that this is winding up the year and we are looking at what God has got planned for the year that is yet to come, the new year, as we like to call it. Now, I guess there's no such thing as an old year. It's always a new year for most of us. But (laughs) whether we call it a new year all year long or just at the beginning, it's the new year for us to enjoy. The new year has new opportunities always. And so as we look at the opportunities that God has given us with the new year, I want you to join me in rejoicing in Christ Jesus. We can rejoice together knowing that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Yes, God is still on the throne. And prayer changes things. Isn't it good to know that God is in control? I think it always is. I think it is indeed. Now, I want to remind you that when you have prayer concerns, we invite you and encourage you to give those concerns to us so we can pray with you as a group. Our Southwest Radio Church Ministry and the Watchman on the Wall broadcast has people who are assigned to pray. And so when you have prayer needs or concerns, then let us know about them. Send them to prayer at swrc.com. 
and you can send it to us that way, and we'll have it for all to read and then to intercede along with you. That's prayer at swrc.com. So as the new year comes to us, we would encourage you to participate with us in that fashion. Now, one of the things that's coming up to be new to us in this new year is a thing called video podcasting. Now, some of our podcasting has been done for quite a number of years now, not as video. However, with the new video podcasting studio that is being constructed at our facility in East Tennessee, we're getting excited as we get closer to having that studio built. It's almost complete. We've got a little bit of work yet to do, and then we'll have video podcasting on a regular basis. And so we're excited about that. We would encourage you to not only be excited, but to be involved with us. Be praying for us as we prepare to be involved with video podcasting. And so as you pray with us, as you participate with us, you will see God at work. And I would encourage you to pray for God's leading to those who would prepare the podcasts so they'd be prepared properly and that they would be prepared in such a way as to be in the very view and hearts and minds of those who will listen to the podcasts. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us with a love that never fails. And thank you with these many, many projects for which we rejoice in these things, these projects, these efforts, these programs that are being done. We pause now to say thank you, Father, and we ask you to use these projects for your glory, for your adoration, and for your praise. Thank you, Father, that you are still on the throne and that prayer changes things. Thank you for loving us with a love that never fails. And thank you for doing for us all of the things that we cannot do for ourselves. You take care of the issues. You take care of the projects. And we thank you, Father, for that very thing. We give you praise as we face this new year, and we ask your blessing upon it in Jesus' name. Amen. As the stakes are raised in the final conflict, it is time for the Kingdom Warrior to understand a full-spectrum concept of spiritual warfare that is both offensive and defensive. Order The Kingdom Warrior by Dr. Michael Lake and be ready for battle. Order your copy when you call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Tomorrow, 
Archaeologist Abigail Levitt will reveal fascinating details about Joshua's ancient altar. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station by downloading our SWRC mobile app or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Please visit our website, swrc.com.